We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, goes for the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house. This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater, throw into the end zone. Touchdown! Samuel still on his feet, inside the five, to the end zone. Touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He Welcome back to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. We are very happy to be joined by Jordan Reed, Senior NFL Draft Analyst for the Draft Network, to help us preview next week's Senior Bowl. Um, I love following Jordan. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. A tremendous NFL draft follow, not just because of the X's and O's he puts out there, but he also has uh, tremendous insight into the background of these players. He interviews them. It's one of the best resources that you can find for this upcoming NFL draft. Jordan, how are you? Good. It's a pleasure being here, Billy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and one of my favorite events each year is the Senior Bowl. And, uh, you know, this year it, it's taken on a new life of its own because of the pandemic. And um, I'm also noticing a lot of bigger names are going to be at this event. You know, the one big name that kind of comes back to my mind is when, I think it was 2014, um, the, uh, I can't forget his name, Aaron Donald obviously was there, but then the the guard, uh, the Cowboys drafted from Notre Dame. Um, completely escaping. Yeah. Frederick, it wasn't Frederick, was it? It was uh, – Zach Martin was a Zach, Zach Martin. Martin. There you go. Yeah. Um, but this year, it, it seems like there's quite a bit of uh, you know premier talent 
that's going to be on display here in Mobile. Like, what are your just overall impressions of both rosters? Yeah, I, I think the biggest uh, thing that we've seen from the Senior Bowl over the past few years since Jim Nagy has taken over has just been the I think the culmination of the collection of talent has just been a little bit better um, than previous years. A lot of times you, you saw guys that were just a little bit hesitant of playing in the game, but I think it was uh, 2019 where they had 18 first-round picks overall to play in the game, which is just a phenomenal number. Well, kudos to Nagy and his staff and what they have done with the event. And it was a big, it was big news seeing him announce some of the guys that are actually coming to participate in the game. Uh, we see guys like Devontae Smith that are coming down to the event, but he's not playing in the game. But Najee Harris, uh, Alex Leatherwood, and you see some other guys that are playing in this event as well that are some notable names. So I think that's the biggest difference that we have seen between the event over the past five years. And even going back to last year, we saw some guys like Justin Herbert was one that comes to mind immediately that played in this game. Um, Jordan Love was another first-round quarterback that played in the game last year as well. So I just think the collection of talent has just been better over the past few years, and Nagy has done a really good job of getting some guys in this event. Yeah, definitely. And let's start off with the quarterback position because, like you said, last year there were there was Herbert and Jordan Love. A couple of years before that, you had Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. This quarterback class, there's obviously going to be a lot of attention on a few of the bigger names like a Mac Jones and maybe even Kyle Trask for some people. Um, what stands out to you about this position here um, at the Senior Bowl? Well, it's obviously not as strong as a year ago. And we, mm-hmm. we even saw a guy like Jalen Hurts last year at the event who ended up going up into the second round. And I think Jones and Trask will probably be the only two guys that end up going somewhere within the first two days. We'll see what happens with Jamie Newman. He's a complete wild card right now just because we haven't seen him play in so long. But he's one guy that definitely can gain a lot from playing well at this event. But I think the biggest difference between this year and last year is obviously the star power of the bigger names that are going to be at the event. And then just the the projected range of where they're going to go. I think there's a lot of guys that you're hoping that end up getting drafted, but there's a lot of developmental projects in this group as well. We're talking about guys like Sam Ellinger, uh, who's probably going to be asked to play another position when he's down there. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all if he plays oh, a really? little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays a little quarterback or tight end or experiment some other places as well. But And that's not a shot against Ellinger. I think he's a good player, but – I think it would be best for him to just experiment and show exactly what he can do as a quarterback and as an overall athlete as well. I think he can help himself there. Ian Book is another guy that potentially is a borderline seventh-round UFA guy. Um, Kyle Trask, I think he's probably going to end up going somewhere in the top 50 uh, just because of what he put on film this year. And then Felipe Franks, who made tremendous strides this year as he made his transition from Florida to Arkansas. He's another guy that definitely is a draft hopeful. And Jordan, you did play quarterback growing up, correct? Correct. So when you are at this event and you're scouting behind, you know, you know, if you're up in the stands or if you're behind them, obviously the practices matter more in the scout size and the game itself. What are you looking for um, for these quarterbacks? Is it just improvement each and every day? Is it their footwork? Is it their anticipation? Is it their ability to connect and show leadership? What are you exactly looking for from these quarterbacks this week? And that's a good question. There's a lot of tangible and intangible things that you can get from the practices, and you hit the nail on the head as far as seeing which guys are leaders, which ones are outspoken, and then which ones are just lead-by-performance guys. And I think you got a full 
uh, shuffle of pretty much all those guys last year with Herbert, who was more your lead by example guy. And a lot of people started to follow him just because of how well he was playing and practice. Jalen Hurts was more of your outspoken a rah rah, let's go type of guy. So those are the type of little intangibles that you can see within the practices. But something that I love to see from the practices is just how well the ball comes off of their hands. Mm-hmm. And I keep mentioning Herbert. Jordan Love was another one that spun the ball really good at practices, just because it's a little bit different watching these guys on the coach's film, the All 22 tape, as opposed to seeing them actually live in person. You get to see the ball come off their hands, how well they anticipate, how well their accuracy is in spots which levels to the field uh, they throw too well. And then things of that nature. So just seeing how the ball comes off their hands, how much velocity they have on it. And my first year at the Senior Bowl, I got to see Daniel Jones down at the Senior Bowl. And he was one guy I thought his arm was much stronger in person as opposed to what it looked like on his film at Duke. So that's just some basic things that you look for at an event like this. Yeah, it's also good because usually the weather in Mobile can be – it's not very cold, but I know it's it's been windy in the past. Yeah. So that definitely helps – so I want to transition now to the running back position here. I mean, this looks like a pretty interesting group. Usually the um, the better running backs in each class are underclassmen, but I'm intrigued with this group, especially because Michael Carter, um, you know, he's a local guy here in the Carolinas. He had a pretty good season um, for the Tar Heels and uh, a few other names. I think Najee Harris, he's going to be there in, in some capacity. Um, what stands out to you about this group as a whole? Well, the first thing I'll say about running backs is that all-star games, it's really hard for them to stand out just because they have all these drills that really aren't really catered to their strengths other than one-on-ones against the linebackers. You really don't get to see much from the running backs just because they're in so many different surroundings of people that they're not familiar with. So the chemistry that they have with these offensive linemen, some guys are going like three-quarter speed. They don't really go full speed for the most part um, in practices because they're trying to avoid injuries. Um, here and there. So you really don't get to see as far as how well their vision is in spots. You only get to see it during the team on team or good on good sections of practice 11 on 11. But one thing you can take away from these practices is how well they catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that's something that we saw uh, a couple of years ago with some of these guys. I think that is something you definitely can take from events like this, but it definitely is just like quarterback. It's a mixed bag of a lot of guys. Um, I actually watched Ramon J. Stevenson uh, a couple of days ago. I wrote up his final report. I was really surprised with how nimble he was at about six foot, 245 pounds. Uh, I, was, I wish Trey Sermon was able to play in this event just because of how well he finished down the backstretch of last year. I think this is an event that he could excel at. But Michael Carter, I mean, he's a guy that was just absolutely terrific last year. Duke Johnson is a comparison that's been thrown out for him uh, very, very commonly. So I'm interested to see how he plays in this event, just how well he catches the ball out of the backfield. And then Colin Hill is another guy that's um, starting – I shouldn't say starting, but giving off kind of some Gio Bernard vibes as far as his game overall. But we really haven't seen him really since last year just because he only played, I believe it was three or four games this year prior to him opting out. And then just that Mike Leach system didn't really fit as far as his skill set, but he was a much better player during his junior year. So I think an event like this definitely can help his stock. Yeah, and Colin Hill, I think you'll see the intangible factor with him. Um, You know, this past summer he took the initiative to – you know, help change the Mississippi State flag. Um, so he, he's someone to keep an eye on uh, for sure. One position that I love following in, in, in the drills that I really pay close attention to is um, the one-on-ones between the receivers and the cornerbacks. And I think you have seen receivers really shine in this event. Um, I'll, I'll go back to 2018. We had DJ Chark. You had um, Alan Lazard, Michael Gallup. Uh, there were 
a ton of receivers there who really kind of showed what they were um, all about. And then you, you fast forward a couple years ago, now Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. I mean, those guys just stood out immediately as soon as you watched them. And for me, I think that a guy like Kadarius Tony, this is like a very um, attractive place for him to be because of how quickly he can release and show his strengths at the line of scrimmage. Uh, but I mean, there's so many others. I mean, we saw what Cornell Powell did in the uh, semifinal game when he was matched up against Sean Wade. What is your impression? Just not necessarily, I mean, you can give us a couple names here to pay attention to as well, but when you are scouting these receivers, is that something you look for as well? Those one-on-one drills? Oh yeah, for sure. I think this is probably the biggest event uh, as far as positions that everybody looks forward to during the week, just because the wide receiver DB one-on-ones just shows you, uh, just from a defensive back perspective, how good those guys' hips are, as far as how distinctive they are, and then how well they move and transition. And then as far as receiver, you get to see which guys are good route runners, which guys have good hands, can make contested catches, and just create natural separation. And you used a great example of Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin. I had a front row seat to seeing both of those guys and just how impressive they were throughout the week. But I think an underrated factor that a lot of people don't pay a whole bunch of attention to from a media standpoint is just which guys are your hustlers on special teams as well. I think that's a yep. that's an that's an area where Terry McLaurin was able to uh, differentiate and separate himself from the pack as well. And, you know, just standing beside some scouts on the sideline, just hearing them whisper a little bit of how he was just all out on the special teams drills as a gunner as well, consistently being the first guy down there on kickoff and as a gunner. McLaurin was able to separate himself in that way. But I think you hit the nail on the head with Tony. I think he's another guy that definitely, uh, as far as the skill set, I think he can shine in an event like this, but also he can show off how well developed he was as a route runner as well, just because he was a guy his junior year that was more of a manufactured touch type of guy where he just tried to get the ball in his hands as quickly as possible. But he showed that development during his final year at Florida as far as his route running. So let's see if he can consistently win those one-on-one matchups, not only in the slot, but also outside as well. I think that's something that he can show off in the event like this. Cornell Powell, who I think is going to be a very long-term wide receiver three that's going to stick on somebody's roster for a very long time. He's also going to give you some value on special teams. But the guy I have a red dot beside at this event is Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma Mm -hmm. State just because – there's so many routes that were just mandatory of him of where he didn't really get to show off a whole bunch. So what I mean by that is he primarily played on the right side of the formation as their Z receiver. So we'll get to see him perform routes on the left side, which is something that is really foreign to him. And then as far as that offense, it was mandatory for their receivers to release outside. So they had to take an, they had to take a mandatory release to the sideline on some concepts. So he wasn't really able to show exactly what he could be as far as his releases at the line of scrimmage just because so many things were immediately mandatory of them in that Mike Gundy system of where they had to do these certain things of where we didn't get to see some of those things. So Tylen Wallace is one guy that I think definitely can excel in an event like this just because he's a great contested catch receiver as well. I think him and Jamar Chase are probably in that first tier as far as guys that can catch in those traffic areas. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Wallace performs. Yeah, it's, it's, you certainly make a great point about Tylen Wallace. You know, James Washington was – uh, he comes from a similar offense. He was there a few years ago with that Michael Gallup, DJ Chark, and Alan Lazard group. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to watch them. Uh, you know, as we transition over to the offensive line, and, and this uh, – yeah, one thing I really appreciate about the Senior Bowl, not even you know, when Jim Nagy has been taking over. I'm, I'll go back all the way again to 2015, 2014. Um, their ability to find the small school offensive lineman has really just stood out to me in recent years last year was Ben Barch. He was taken to fourth round by Jacksonville. Um, you know, previous years they had guys like 
Alex Kappa, who's now starting for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Brandon Parker. Uh, I'm sure you are very familiar with him, mm-hmm. North Carolina A&T. Uh, but then you also had, uh, you know, last year as well, um, like I said, Ben Barch. And then a couple years ago, they had uh, the guys, uh, Alabama State, Titus Howard. He went in the first round. When you look at this group, you're certainly going to have your guys who played at the big schools. Um, is there any type of uh, you know small school offense lineman? I know some people have mentioned the guy Qu- Quinn uh, Miners uh, from mm-hmm. Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, what do you, what is, stands out to you about this group? And is there any type of small school players that really have caught your attention so far? Yeah, and that's another great question just because that's always what you want to see from small school players and not just offensive linemen, any in general at this event. And you're very familiar with one, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois Yeah, last year of how he was able to come in and contribute. And he just didn't look, uh, as, as far as the speed of the game, it didn't look too fast for him just because that's the biggest worry that you have with those small school guys just because the speed of the game, the competition wasn't as great some of their counterparts that they have experienced week in and week out. So you always want to see how they're able to adjust to the speed of the game. If the strength levels of their surroundings are just too much for them, Jeremy Chen, Kyle Duggar were two guys that matched up right away. And if you were to put a Michigan or a Notre Dame or Alabama helmet on them, you wouldn't be able to tell that they were guys from smaller schools. But there's two guys that I think, or I should say three guys that I'm going to be paying attention to. Spencer Brown, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, a former tight end. Um, he has that athletic build, but he's a little bit underdeveloped as far as his body, but he's very nasty at the point of attack. So I want to see if he carries over that mentality and if he's athletic enough to stay in front of some of these edge rushers. Another one is David Moore from Gramlin. He's another one of those HBCU kids like a Titus Howard and then also a Brandon Parker, who I think is going to excel at an event like this. He's very undersized. Uh, he's about six foot one and a half, but he's about 320 pounds, but supremely strong at the point of attack. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can hold up against some of these interior guys. And then Quinn Miners is the other one that you were talking about. I actually wrote him up yesterday. Uh, I think the biggest thing with him, his hand usage is a bit raw. And I think he relies on his power a little bit too much. He's tried to wrestle guys to the ground. He has that wrestling background. He's a wrestler in high school. So uh, he's a little bit underdeveloped as far as his technique and his hand usage. I think he tries to overpower guys a little bit too much, and he kind of sacrifices his mechanics. So I want to see if he's able to stay under control, uh, if he has that adequate enough lower body strength to anchor, uh, and if he can just stay in front of guys. That's the biggest thing that you want to see uh, for some of these small school guys. So I definitely will be paying attention to those three in this event. You know, Jordan, it's always fascinating to watch, uh, you know, the offensive line go against the defensive line. Some of these clips can go viral at one point of a time. But, you know, in my opinion, I feel like it's much more difficult for the offensive line in those drills. Am I wrong for thinking that? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, everybody just likes to see how strong they are, how good their feet are, how good their technique is. And um, it was last year, uh, Damian Lewis, it was. Uh, he was a guy that he, he didn't overpower people a whole bunch at the point of attack, but he just had really good feet and he was just able to stay in front of everybody. And he had a, he had a couple clips go viral last year where he was just, just sat down, he lowered his body, and he was just he was able to anchor against a lot of guys at the event from a year ago. So um, there's going to be some clips of guys that are just still making others at the line of scrimmage, but the one-on-one portion, similar to wide receivers versus DBs, everybody likes to see the offensive lineman going against the defensive lineman. This is a good group on both sides. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. No doubt. And we're joined again by Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. And let's transition over to defense. And since we're talking about the trenches, um, the defensive line. And it, this is a group that it, it, it's very fascinating to me because I, I look at, um, you know, the guy from UCLA, Osa Odigizua. I know his brother came out back in 2014. I was a pretty big fan of his, but um, he unfortunately couldn't really make it, really been get back in the NFL. Uh, but Shaka Tony as well, uh, the Penn State Ed Drusher. Uh, when you look at just this entire group as a whole, um, you know, first of all, what stands out to you about both the edge rushers and the interior defensive line? Well, with this being, um, I would say, a low-level uh, interior defensive line class as far as the top-end talent, I'm interested to see which guys are able to rise to the top as far as just interior guys. I think it's a good edge group overall, but as far as interior we're still waiting on that one guy to really announce his presence at the top. And then we're starting to see guys surface like Barmore and Davion Nixon. But as far as the depth throughout the group, I still think um, there's, there's a lot to be desired with that. Marvin Wilson was, was one guy that was getting a lot of first round buzz prior to the year, but he kind of fizzled out as the year went on. He did not have a good year last year. So I think he's one guy that definitely can, if he has a big event uh, next week at the senior ball, I definitely think he can help himself. But one guy I think that, a lot of people aren't talking a whole bunch about right now, but I think he's going to have a really good event. His name is Levi Onwunzurike from Washington. He's one guy that's – he has some day two grades around the league right now, but I definitely think he could start to get some top 50, top 60 buzz if he has a good event. Um, also, Adigizuwa is another one, as you mentioned, who I think is going to have a good event as well. And then Carlos Basham Jr., he didn't have a good year last year overall, but I think as far as um, – as far as some three, four teams that could use him as a five technique, I think there's going to be some interest there for him. Yeah, Basham is another one who stood out to me um, on this roster. Uh, let's go to linebacker now. Again, these guys, they, they certainly have made their impact here uh, past few years. You know, I remember watching Dre Greenlaw at this event, and just he, he just stood out to me the way he just flowed to the ball and the way his movement skills um, you know, consistently matching with players and those drills when they have to match with the running backs or tight ends. And 
you know, certainly teams are going to be looking for that you know, same type of skill set. You know, as we move more into a passing league, you're looking for athleticism. Um, you know, Baron Browning, a guy that I didn't really expect him to be here, but he is. And I yeah. really like watching him uh, when, you know, the Ohio State would, would be playing. And, you know, actually there's three Ohio State linebackers, Hilliard, um, Justin Hilliard, and Turf Borland. And, I, you know, I was also surprised to see Chaz Surratt, local guy here from North Carolina. I really watched, loved watching him. Um, you know, certainly he has some weaknesses that he needs to take care of. But uh, when you do look at this event from the linebackers, you can go into a few of the linebackers that you're looking forward to watching. But, you know, what are you specifically looking to scout here when people are watching on ESPN or NFL Network? Um, what matters to you most in these in the line for the linebackers? Well, of course, which ones are able to get lined up correctly? Uh, which one of you guys are your outspoken guys? Who's a Mike? Who's a Sam? Who's a Will? Especially in today's NFL, that matters yeah. a lot. Uh, the passing down situations, uh, which guys are your two down guys or which ones are your three down guys? I think that's another thing that is very crucial as well. But that's one thing that really stands out in this group. There's a ton of athleticism, Billy. I mean, you have guys like Baron Browning, who's super athletic. Jabril Cox, the LSU transfer from North Dakota State, was very athletic. Hamilcar Rashad and then Jordan Smith, who are more of your three, four outside linebackers as far as edge rushers. Super long, athletic Charles Snowden, who's six foot six, uh, coming off of the edge as well. But he maybe can play some wheel linebacker, uh, depending on what you want to do with him. So the length and athleticism are two things that really stand out to me about this group. Riley Cole from South Alabama, who's a very underrated player, I think can make some noise down at an event like this just because of his athleticism. So just who, who, which guys are two down or three down guys uh, who can survive uh, and really um, play out on the perimeter as far as a three down guy and pass coverage, which ones are your physical guys as opposed to ones who are a little bit hesitant at the point of attack. I think that's a big difference between a lot of guys in this group, particularly Chaz Surratt. He's a very physical guy. Um, so we'll see which, which one of these guys are really, I wouldn't say run away from uh, attacking the first level, but ones that are a little bit reluctant as far as looking out for themselves at an event like this. Tony Fields the second from West Virginia, the Arizona transfer. I actually was watching him this morning. I think he's another player that definitely could shine at an event like this, even though he's a little bit undersized. So there's a there's a plethora of a different mix of different types of linebackers in this group, and I'm really interested to see which one rises to the top. So now as we transition, um, I'm looking at the roster. I don't believe they've assigned the secondary players to a team yet but you know this is just another fascinating part of it because you know when I watch the cornerbacks go up against the wide receivers I I always feel like it's so difficult for the cornerbacks uh, because you're not only are you playing man coverage against them but you have no idea what route they're going to run so for any cornerback that's able to kind of you know diagnose the route and then you know be able to flip his hips and kind of stay in phase throughout I really um, value that very highly Um, so which corners and other, I guess, safeties too, are you really looking forward to watching? And and I guess, well, what are you also looking for when they are going up against the receivers? Well, I will say to the general fan, uh, this event is kind of unfair to cornerbacks. And I say yes. unfair just because you have some guys that are your zone type corners and you have some guys that are just your natural man coverage corners. And I learned this a couple of years ago when uh, his name was Armani Awarie. He was a cornerback out of Penn State a couple of years ago and he was absolutely awful in every single one-on-one matchup that he went against. But you look at his state, you look at his tape from Penn state and he's playing particularly zone. He's playing really well in it. So I think this is a little bit unfair to cornerbacks and you have to do a little bit of study on some of these guys prior to a study or prior to looking at some of these guys from the event. So that's why I say it's kind of unfair to these group, to these guys in this group. 
to the general fan, but there's a lot of guys I'm interested in this group, man. Uh, there's so many. Ifatu Melifanwu, uh, the last name definitely rings a bell to a lot of people. He has a brother that was drafted a few years ago, I believe it was by the Oakland Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Back then, the Oakland Raiders, and I believe he went in the first or the second round, one of them that was super athletic coming out of UConn. Um, Cameron Bynum is another one that I'm looking forward to seeing. Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas is a small school guy that's created a lot of noise and some buzz for himself. Um, Elijah Molden, who I think is probably one of the better nickel corners overall in this draft class. I think he's another uh, that I think is going to shine at an event like this. So there's so many guys I can go on and on about this group. And this is probably the group that I'm looking forward to most seeing. And we are joined again by Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. And Jordan, give me just your entire kind of synopsis as, are you going to be in Mobile? No, I'm not. Everything is going to be virtual for me. So the practices will be posted online for the media. Mm -hmm. So I'll still be plugged in. We'll be able to do interviews through Zoom with all the guys too. Okay, that's great. But, um, you know, these are going to be broadcasted on NFL Network and ESPN, I presume, like they are every year. Um, you know, for the novice fan who really doesn't know much about kind of, you know, what you're looking at and what you're watching, what can you tell, say to them, like, especially like a beginner who's trying to get into scouting, you know, as this event kind of unfolds? I mean, I'm sure you and I kind of, you know, have our own kind of viewpoints on it. But, you know, for someone like yourself, are you taking notes when you're watching? Are you like looking specifically at certain things that really kind of stand out? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest thing that you have to do is just target a certain position to look at just because what happens is if you're just looking here, you're looking there, you're looking all over the place, you really don't get a good feel of a lot of guys that are playing at a certain position. So whatever they're showing on NFL Network, just try to focus on that one specific position group at that point in time and just study that one for that moment in time. And you're just looking at how guys move, uh, which guys are your stiff movers, which guys are your fluid movers, which guys are athletic. Uh, so those are some of the little things that you look for. Which ones are your leaders? Who's outspoken? Who's creating some juice? That practice some intensity, more of your outspoken uh, guys. And then which ones are just laid back? Those, those are some of the things that you look for. And I could go on and on about um, as far as movement skills, um, which guys are uh, just look naturals playing the position, and then which ones are struggling, just at the speed of the game, and then the surroundings just look too fast for them. Definitely. And – once again, you can follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. Um, this draft process is pretty rigorous. I know we're under 100 days, but um, I'm sure we'll have Jordan back again. Jordan, thank you so much for joining and helping us preview the Senior Bowl. No problem. Anytime you want to have me on, just let me know. Thanks, Billy. All right. That's, again, Jordan Reed from the Draft Network.